You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network, with your host, Jake Bank, and with me, Mason Thompson. Mason, how are we doing on this fine uh, Wednesday? Uh, doing pretty good. It is uh, midterms week, so we're kind of struggling a little bit, getting some stuff done. We've got uh, a lot going on towards spring ball right now for us here at Whitewater, still trying to kind of balance a lot of stuff all at once, uh, just trying to get through it as best as I can. Well, the best medicine for that is a mock draft, of course. So you guys will probably hear this on Monday, uh, but new mock draft for you guys, kind of just as free agency settles down a little bit as we're kind of getting towards the end of it. Pro day season is obviously here. There was one today that I think got a lot of attention in, I think, the best way possible. Uh, And we had a trade today. And since you hear this about five days later, a big one, Mason. The uh, the New York Jets are snagging pick 42 from the Browns for 74 and Elijah Moore. Came moments after signing uh, Miko Hardman to a one-year $6.5 million deal. Any initial reactions, Mason, on the Jets acquiring another second-round pick? Um, just to speak on the Browns for a second before we really get into, you know, what everyone wants to hear. I love the move for Cleveland. Um, they needed a second guy and Elijah Moore has just been kind of struggling to find playing time. I don't know if that was just because of Mike LaFleur or whatever, but, uh, I feel like it's a good move on Cleveland's part because they needed that number two receiver opposite of Amari Cooper. Obviously they have Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, they still have Njoku. They still have Nick Chubb, obviously at the running back position. I feel like it's a really good move for them. Um, for the Jets side, it obviously gives them more ammo to potentially do this trade. I don't know if it's gonna. There's a lot of talk about. Is it just gonna be these two second rounders that go back into Green Bay for this trade? You never know. Um, I mean, we have a trade here that was done before. Uh, I think it still kind of works out pretty well. Um, but that Elijah Moore move, a lot of us Packer fans were kind of hoping it was Elijah Moore. Um, obviously, now he's on the Cleveland Browns, so that is not possible. Yeah, I think I think more gives you more than a deep threat, and he'll give you a little bit more as well, which is is really nice to add to the room. They needed some more dynamic playmaking, for sure, and they get it there. They don't, and, and I think he is Mason. I don't know if you want to agree or not. I think he's better than any of the kind of the smaller, more explosive players in this class. I don't know. Maybe it's a toss up between him and Addison. Maybe Addison's a little bit better route running. He's played outside a little bit more than more. But like other than that, like with the Cleveland Browns, we're gonna get at forty two. I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody where I'm like, ah, must have this guy over Elijah Moore. So I like the move for Cleveland. They still got eight picks in the draft. But like you said, the Jets and Packers side of things, more being more being 5'9", 185, probably yeah. means he wasn't really a, a Goody type at receiver. Probably was somebody the Jets offered Green Bay, and Goody was like, ah, too small. And that's, yeah. just, that's just probably just the, as, as simple as the conversation went. It would be interesting, though, Mason, if, if they do offer 42 and 43, because that that um, when you look at the like the trade value chart, it adds up to like a value of 950. Yep. Devontae Adams picks added up to 1150. 
So when you factor in like age and whatnot and the contract, I don't think that's completely off necessarily no. where you'd look at and be like, ah, that's not enough. I think that'd be plenty. And it gives you a lot of options uh, in Green oh, Bay, yeah. on Green Bay side of things with what you can do in the 40s. Three picks could even like get, get a little get a little yeah. creative, move a couple of them, get back yeah. up for somebody you want. Like a lot of options. I would even send the Jets 78 somewhere yeah. somehow to get a little out. bit more, get this third out of here, right? <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that Jets Packers trade that we came up with. We got a mock draft here. Mason went with the odds. I went with the evens. Mason, the Panthers are up. What are we doing at pick one? Um, uh, We're going to stay kind of with the trend that we've been going. Uh, while the directions point to C.J. Stroud being the pick here, and so that's what I went. Uh, all the directions today at the Ohio State Pro Day even pointed me into that direction as there were 14 executives from the Carolina front office there at the Ohio State Pro Day. There was a picture circulating of uh, C.J. Stroud in a drop back, and Frank Reich was just smiling from ear to ear and everything. So all the signals right now that we're seeing point to C.J. Stroud being this pick. Um, obviously, Carolina's got put a lot of resources into their weapons from free agency, Miles Sanders, uh, Adam Thielen, Aiden Hurst. Sounds like they're attempting to get D.J. Chark in the building as well. So get – CJ Stroud has a lot of help at Ohio, had a lot of help at Ohio State. So Carolina's trying to build that, and they've got the perfect staff around them. They're trying to build back that receiving core and everything. So as of right now, this is, I think, where things stand. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And, and Joshua counted CJ Stroud talking about playing some horse, talking about maybe doing so in Charlotte. A lot of conversations today uh, with the Panthers. And they don't really have to necessarily like, you know, hide anything, perhaps like they can yeah. be as open as they want. They've got number one. Who cares? Texas at two. This was pretty simple. Uh, Bryce Young is available. Bryce Young is the pick. I, I do think bringing in Bobby Slowick to kind of facilitate this transition into we're trying to be like the 49ers on offense. And I think that's a good thing. Maybe as well as, you know, we're trying to be a little bit like the Dolphins, you know, with Tua, it gives Bryce Young, I think, you no, know, you you first off you extend Laramie Tunsil, big W. Don't didn't want to yeah. see any bit of him being traded to the Chiefs. Uh, you have a top three four tackle on the left side in the league to trade it for an unknown, especially in yeah. this class. That would have been I, I would not have liked that at all. So you've got some resources in place. We might have a discussion at twelve about what the Texans might do there, but. Again, Robert Woods, you know, you've obviously traded away Brandon Cooks now, but Robert Woods, John Mechie, Nico Collins, like Dalton Schultz was the big one bringing him in. That was huge. So there, there's some, there's a little bit building uh, in Houston weapons-wise. I think Bryce Young is the guy who can elevate some of these guys. Oh, yes, that's right. We So we did make a trade here. Uh, Colts and Cardinals, little pick swap action. Uh, trading... The Colts traded two third rounders, and I'll t and I tossed in a fifth as a gift. Uh, I think I think you might have to toss in a little bit extra, yeah. Just just based on what we're seeing, like there might be a couple teams that might move up to three. Just send whatever you need to go secure this. I, I don't think you necessarily need to part with a second, but we thought okay, this makes sense. Colts secure their guy. The Cardinals will move back and still get the first defender off the board because we're obviously going Anthony Richardson here for the Colts. I, I think somewhere in between Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts exists Anthony Richardson right now, and that is perfectly fine. 
It's going to take some time for sure. Uh, but this is the Ballard swing that I think a lot of people are expecting at this point in the draft. We'll see how things maybe shift over the next month or so. But right now, I think you're looking at playing 11 on 11. You've got some big dudes who can win on the field. You added, uh, oh my gosh, they just added somebody who I, oh, McKenzie, right? To play uh, yeah. play a little bit of slot for them, get yourself more of an explosive playmaker there. But you have Richardson and Taylor, and you build from that. And I think yep. that's... And Ballard really have extended kind of his his job window. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think we're kind of both on the same page that should be Richardson, even if, you know, he has to sit a little bit. You've got that option in Gardner Minshew for a few weeks if you really need it. Um, I love Anthony Richardson to Indianapolis just because of the weapons there and just job and Taylor and him just doing some read option just would be insane uh, for Arizona in this deal. I really feel like Arizona's just, we talked about in our last episode, Arizona's in a, what looks to be rebuild, the kind of reload, so to speak, phase in their uh, approach with a new GM, new coach. Um, I still feel like you can get some draft capital, but you also have to end up with some blue chip prospect, which doesn't really have to say, you know, seven somewhat. You probably aren't going to get that, so to speak. Uh, obviously, Arizona has needs across the board at offensive line and pretty much their whole entire defense uh, specifically edge rusher and secondary. So we're going to take Will Anderson here. I feel like you got the two extra third rounders, one in 2023, one in 2024. You've got the fifth rounder as a result too. Just get some extra draft capital, kind of maneuver the board a little bit. Maybe add some draft capital next year outside of that extra third, but still get Will Anderson, who's probably one of the top two or three players in this class. I feel like it's a move that Arizona should probably do. Yeah, no arguments here. you got to get better on the trenches so in some fashion early for Arizona. So because of the trade, I'm up twice in a row, just like Jake was. Uh, so Seattle, it's going to continue this Tyree Wilson train to Seattle. It feels like it's pretty much set in stone as of what everybody's, you know, talking about right now. If I do, if I am correct, uh, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah had them taking Jalen Carter, but I feel like they really invested on the defensive tackle spot and free agency a lot. Um, so I feel like that kind of rules that out, but, it just seems like Tyree Wilson is just a Seattle guy. It's always what they look for. Uh, so I think that's kind of why everybody is going to continue mocking Wilson to Seattle. It's going to be a fun case study just because of how, yeah. how like big, tall, and long he is uh, playing on the edge. We'll see if he gets some reps inside as well. Um, here's a question. Yeah. So we've kind of seen it in before. Like Seattle, we were kind of talking about like quarterback a few times. You know, we did it with Detroit. I don't feel like both are necessarily out of the woods because especially Seattle, just because the deal that they gave Gino. So say it's Levis at three or wherever Indianapolis picks. Do you take Anthony Richardson at five if you're Seattle? Probably. Um, I don't necessarily think like, because they have capital and that's like the biggest thing. Like you have capital. Like if Anderson's off the board and you don't want Jalen Carter, in your building, that's, I mean, yeah. outside of like, oh, hey, Christian Gonzalez with Tariq Woolen, that sounds yeah. sick. But like, other than that, yeah, I mean, Richardson, I don't even think Detroit's necessarily like a wild, no. like, destination either. Because no. they, they feel in, they're like in great shape, right? Like, they don't have to do what I'm about to do at pick six. They can take the quarterback. And, yeah. you know, if they want, you know, the player that, you know, the type of player I'd, 
I took there, then they, it's going to be available at 18 as well, we think. So yeah. at least the top, someone in the top tier, I imagine. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked if either like, you know, make their selection and they're both sitting there at, at 20 and 18 respectively, at least relative to where they are starting with like move back up quickly and grab him. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. It's just a, a lot hinges on what the Colts are going yeah. to do. Yeah. Because I do think like if Levis and we're going to get to where Levis landed, but like if he starts falling a little bit further into like 18 or 20, I could see them maybe doing that as well. Yeah. It's it's an interesting conversation just because, like you said, I don't think either are out of the woods. Uh, and I don't either. Do the Seahawks have a one next year from Denver as well? No, it was just these last two, I think. Yeah, Maybe so that's the other thing. Like the I know the Lions don't have another one next year. They just have theirs. So it becomes infinitely harder for them to move up for a quarterback. So a very interesting, yeah, conversation potentially to be had for both teams. I don't know if either sent guys. I mean, there were 30 of 32 teams at Ohio State today, so odds are somebody was there for one of them. Yeah. I imagine maybe one of the teams not there was San Francisco because they don't pick till 99. So maybe they're like, yeah. ah, all the Ohio State guys uh, are available. Um, I'll go with the Lions here quick here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know Cam Sutton, big deal. Uh, potentially playing inside though. You're signing Emmanuel Mosley to a one-year deal. You have a CUDA there, but again, you haven't picked up a fifth-year option. So, how how committed are we to Mosley and Akuda? If Mosley hits, then you're you know you're pressing the long-term deal button. But you can also have Christian Gonzalez on your football team. So you have Gonzalez, Mosley, and uh, Sutton with depth at, in Jacobs as well. So Christian Gonzalez, I just feel like. There's not, not much cleaner you're going to get at corner here. Like one of the more just oily hipped players you're going to see on film, like the ability to adjust mid stem and flip the hips is insane. Uh, can thrive in zone coverage. He'll, he'll pretty much do whatever you ask of him. And he's also, you know, an Avenger type athlete at the corner position, you know, track guy, great leaping ability, great ball skills. It's all there. Like if he misses, if, if he, if he flops, it's like, ah, oh, the process was fine. Like, you take him early. He's really good. So, for Las Vegas here at seven, I feel like it's you could go a lot of different ways just because of how this team is currently assembled. Uh, obviously, you need some help along the offensive line. You know, there's some people that say that they don't, although, like, PFF clearly disagrees, especially in terms of, like, pass blocking. Uh, right now, your right side is Jermaine Illuminor and Brandon Parker. That could, you know, obviously use some work. Uh, we're not going to go there. Uh, defensive line is definitely something we could go. Jerry Tillery and Bilal Nichols are our two defensive tackles right now. We're not going to go there either, um, which leaves us with quarterback. Obviously, you signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you're not really sure if he's going to be the guy. Uh, obviously, Will Levis is still here on the board, but we're not going to go there either. Uh, I feel as though that the biggest need right now on the Raiders roster is currently cornerback. Uh, your starters are Nate Hobbs and Brandon Fasison, who you uh, – never mind. I thought – for some reason, I thought Fasison was on the Raiders at one point. He was on the Chargers. Close enough. Oh, yeah. Same division. Um, but your Nate Hobbs, Brandon Fasison, then Amik Robertson, that's – I mean, you've got some intriguing prospects, obviously. Um, Nate Hobbs is really good. From Illinois, so why don't we just bring in the full Illinois 
cornerback tandem with Devin Witherspoon here. Uh, really good press technique. Obviously, we'll get to our cornerback episode at some point, hopefully. Uh, Las Vegas needs a lot of work on this defense. I just, in that division with Herbert, Mahomes, you know, you're going to need some help. Yeah, and I think it's it's an attitude change, too, that, that I feel like you do not have the type of leader he is on the back yeah. end. Hopefully, Trayvon Merrick keeps developing as well. And you can kind of start rounding in a secondary a little bit. And um, yeah, I like that for the Raiders. Falcons on the clock. This was tough because I do think this could be potentially the team that stops the Jalen Carter slide. Yeah. Uh, Did bring in David on Yamada. Potentially just as insurance, just in case Carter does not make it to where they they pick. So I'm not like totally uh, against the idea of, hey, you know what? Jalen Carter coming in, he's probably got that 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 poker chip or whatever they're putting on the wall uh, as a Georgia player in high school and or college. So he could be the pick, but he didn't get after the quarterback enough, especially on the edge past several seasons. This is a little bit of projection. There's a little bit of projection involved here, but he is a different body type than the guys you currently have on the edge. So we're going to go Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. There's there's plenty for him to work on, uh, especially because right now he's like, I'm just going to build up as much momentum as I possibly can and hopefully le- and hopefully get the right leverage to the point of where I'm creating a ph- just a, a phenomenal collision at contact and hopefully knocking you over. That's the plan right now. Obviously, he's got to get better. So we're looking at somebody who might take some time, but has played inside. Probably going to stick on the edge. He dropped a little weight. I, I think Van Ness in a couple seasons without the production, though, but with all the athleticism, I think uh, I'm I'm pretty impressed um, with what he could potentially grow into. And I think the Falcons might as well. I We know he's going to go early. So that that's very clear. Yeah. So I've seen, do you like believe the hype that it, he could go as early as six at this point? Because I've seen that a time or two already. Uh, from some guys that I really respect in the draft community. Some guys that have, I know there was some big names that have done it before for Detroit. Um, so, yeah. Do you think it's a possibility for Detroit at six, say if they don't want to go corner? I know they've got Hutchinson and James Houston was a really good performer last year, but I just feel like Detroit's kind of a wild card at this point. Yeah, they are. I, they could uh, if they believe that that he is good enough setting an edge and they feel like they're they're comfortable there. I know we haven't talked about him yet, but like Murphy, um, potentially, uh, it's another name to throw out there. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Especially if like, again, corner isn't locked in as it usually is. Yeah. Uh, so here at nine, uh, we've talked about Chicago, what they really need. Um, obviously they needed help along the trenches. They got some help with that. Uh, on the de- along the defensive line and everything. Uh, they've helped out their linebacking core immensely uh, with those signings of Trey Edmonds and TJ Edwards. Uh, we thought they would potentially be in on the Orlando Brown sweepstakes. They were not. They missed out on some of the other big-name tackles like Ramchick and Jawan Taylor. Uh, so we're going to take a tackle here. It really um, seems like you know, they had a lot of guys there at the Ohio State Pro Day, too, as well today. I think they had about 8 to 12, if I'm correct. Uh, we're going to go uh, same conference. We're going to go Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, just the uh, inside-outside versatility there. If case, you know, 
If you want to move Cody White here to back to center, play Skaronski at left guard, you could do that. Move him over to left tackle or right tackle if, you know, Jenkins or whoever you want to play at either of these tackle spots struggles. I feel like it's it really gives them the best opportunity to put their best five on the field. Yeah, it's an interesting debate. It, it's a tough one to make. Like, Skaronski is just flat out good. Um, Paris Johnson is, you know, there's a little bit more developmentally i think he got better as the season went along with a few things that you know make me feel a little bit better about him so yeah it's just it's again it's going to be about what what the bears how much upside the bears are comfortable with going over a safe prospect or if they just you know feel like if they feel like that that like other teams probably will that skaronski is a guard only yeah then we're then we have a different conversation so it it feels very toss-up like but offensive line feels likely Maybe unless Van Ness, somebody like Van Ness available. Yeah. Eagles at 10. The <laughs> Jalen Carter slide stops here. The Eagles have the luxury. They can afford to miss here if they if they um do. And like Jalen Carter, you know, we know how good he is on the field. There's not really much else to say. Like Jalen Carter flanking Jordan Davis again on a defensive line in the NFL. Like, come on. <laughs> That would be, that's just outrageous. Shouldn't be allowed as well. And I think, you know, where teams got a little bit comfortable, you know, running some directions on the Philly defensive line, I think Carter also kind of shores up that as well. You're still getting a really strong, powerful player at the point of attack who's not just like a gap attacker as a pass rusher. So he's going to do a lot of heavy lifting as is Davis on this defensive line. And the Eagles if this happens, might just be back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'd be absolutely insane. Howie Roseman is probably one of the top three GMs in the league right now just because of how he continues to just grab these pieces out of pretty much nowhere. He'd kind of fall into his lap. He kind of looks ahead a little bit just because of the defensive line, edge rusher when he drafted Derek Barnett. Obviously, that didn't work out as good as planned, but he really likes to look ahead. Uh, obviously, they lost Javon Hargrave, so getting Jalen Carter back, for J, uh, Javon Hargrave and teaming him back up with Jordan Davis would be absolutely insane for them. Uh, moving on to Tennessee here at 11, uh, we, we've talked to them, at them about doing the whole entire offensive line thing. Uh, they added a few pieces, Andre Dillard and Daniel Brunskill to the left side. Um, it, I kind of had a bit of a struggle with this one, honestly, just because I thought that they could go like three different spots between like edge, tackle, and even receiver. Uh, felt like it was potentially too early to start this receiver run. I'm not sure if they would really uh, take a receiver here. Obviously, it's possible. You've got Traylon Burks. Uh, you re-signed Westbrook Akine, and obviously our guy Kyle Phillips in the slot. Um, we're going to take Broderick Jones here. Obviously, he's more of your, quote, developmental piece along the offensive line at your tackle spot. But I feel like right here, right now, he's probably the better player than Nicholas petit Frere, who you're starting at right tackle. Uh, plug him and you can still use your Derrick Henry because I feel like uh, Roger Jones is a baller in the run game, which we'll talk about here in our next episode. We're I really like this move for Tennessee. Uh, obviously, there's team coming up shortly that we've kind of mocked Roger Jones to quite often. Uh, so we'll have to see what they do. Yeah, I, I like this. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Roger Jones. Actually, probably before you hear this, uh, it'll be. The episode before you hear this one, 
we'll be talking about a lot of these guys, but like Broderick Jones, obviously the hands get really wide and he needs to not give up the chest to give up leverage immediately as a player. But like, like you said, Mason, they're run if they're running the ball. Yeah. Like, this is the player you, you want, uh, who's got the movement skills plus all the power in, in the darn world. So Love that there for Tennessee. They have to get something right offensive line-wise. They have to. I'm not sure Dillard even is, to be honest. Like, we don't even know. Uh, Texans at 12. A lot of options here as well. Could have paired corner uh, with Stingley. Wouldn't have been mad at that. Van Ness falling here would have been nice. Uh, feel like offensive line still a possibility. Like, if Skaronsky were available, I wouldn't mind taking him to plug him into play guard on this team. And then there's a receiver question, right? Like that's, that's really the big question. Like, do you want, you know, the Quentin Johnston right here? Maybe, or maybe the Jordan Addison to be the Brandon cooks, perhaps maybe I'd not do that. I went Nolan Smith. I think there is just way too much to like in terms of putting him on the edge and letting him get after the quarterback in a D'Amico Ryan's defense where they really don't have much up front at all at the moment. So get a player with, again, high character, explosiveness, and bend as a rusher, and a lot more power than he's given credit for. Yeah, he's 238. I get it. But man, just another player who's probably not escaping the top 20. Maybe got to fit in here somewhere. And I think Houston's a good fit for him. I absolutely am in awe of the Bryce Young and Nolan Smith takeaway from Houston here. Obviously, you got like another pretty much first round draft pick in your pocket as well uh, in the second round. But love that for them. Jets here at 13. We're going to do uh, Aaron Rodgers trade here real quick. Um, there's a lot of contradicting reports from literally everywhere right now. Uh, so we made this, I think, yesterday before this whole entire Elijah Moore trade happened. Uh, so our trade is that the Jets will be sending pick 43 a 2024 conditional second that could turn into a first and pick 112, which is a fourth round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Um, Jake, you and I talked about like, it seems from what we're all kind of hearing, seeing uh, Corey Davis, is he probably going to be a part of this trade? There's a possibility that he is. Uh, I mean, I don't love it because I feel like that feels like yeah. there's a certain player that's probably off Correct. The board for the Packers at 15, which I don't love. I'd rather have said player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Corey Davis is a little bit of an enigma. Like we don't like yeah. we, we've he's he's had some moments where he just arrives a little bit. Yeah. Like a, a little like mini baby Tennessee playoff run. He kind of like emerged a little bit and then he goes to the Jets. He had a solid year. But he was kind of replaced with young talent and like he was kind of the veteran ad and like Wilson and, and, and more were the the young guns to add to the to the offense more now gone. They're bringing in Laz they bring in Lazar, they bring in Michael Hardman like Davis feels like the odd man out. Hopefully they just cut him uh, from Packers side of things. Yeah. And like maybe he goes to Carolina. Wouldn't yeah. Be a bad option there. Honestly, wouldn't be a bad option in Houston either. So yeah, there's a lot hinging on on Corey Davis. If he comes, okay, cool. He's coming to Green Bay, but I'd rather have a certain Ohio yeah. State receiver. Oh yeah, so. I think we both would. We're I actually 
you know, we talked about the whole entire seconds earlier. Our, our boy JJ did a poll five hours ago. Packers fans, which draft picks would you rather get from the Jets? Picks 42 and 43 are winning by 6.5% over just pick 13. So Packers yeah. fans like the options of these seconds. Um, I, I'm, are you? There's been a lot of rumors about Jermaine Johnson, too. I don't necessarily see that just because I'm not sure. Have they re-signed Bryce Huff? No. Don't think so. So you're lo- potentially losing him, which yeah. Bryce Huff, I know it's like a you know not popular name, but that was like a my guy in that draft class. He's provided in spurts. And Carl Lawson could be a potential cap casualty here pretty quick. So I don't feel as though this Jermaine Johnson thing is going to be true. Um, but moving on here to the Jets pick at 13, uh, obviously you got your receivers figured out. You could potentially go edge here, um, but there's been one big – position that we've kind of always kind of stuck on here. Guy Decton seems to be coming back. You don't know what you got in Dwayne Brown right now. Um, Max Mitchell, you liked him in the third round, but we're going to take another right tackle, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, This is probably the highest we've had him, per se. Um, Really, really good finesse pass blocker. Um, Not sure how he really high grading isn't really that nice to him in the run game. But, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers here, he needs some help on the on the tackle aspect for a passing concept. Obviously, got Brees Hall there. I feel like Darnell Wright could be the pick here, or, or literally any tackle, but it seems like Darnell Wright could be their guy. Yeah, very possibly. Uh, if they're in the win-now type of mode like that, I mean, somebody you feel more comfortable pass-blocking than a Broderick Jones, than a Harris Johnson, depending on who's available. Uh, the Patriots will gladly select Paris Johnson as he's still available. I think even if like you're like trying to break down this mock and you're like, oh, could it be different? I think you could easily like flip Bears, Titans, Patriots in almost any order. Yeah, with the three tackles not named Darnell Wright, and I think you could have an argument for any of those. Yeah. So, I wouldn't harp too much on the order. I would look at, if you're listening to this mock, more of like the landing spots for these guys because I do think those three are are the big ones and obviously the Jets. Paris Johnson would be, I think, a guy you could potentially flip over to right tackle. It's going to be interesting. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody is comfortable with it. Uh, Recent uh, analogy. Um, This is something that has been said, but they brought it up on the Ringer Draft Show is like wiping with the other hand. Uh, that's basically what flipping is like. And I kind of agree. Like Bakhtiari has talked about, like he could not do it uh, if he tried to. So there are guys that won't be able to. And I think there are guys like Paris Johnson, who I feel a little bit more comfortable with because of how athletic he is and that he's played a little bit of right guard as well. Did so last season. I think he's obviously better suited to play tackle, but again, you get Trent Brown and Paris Johnson jr. Goodness. The tackles look good in new England. Very quick turnaround. That they do. Uh, Green Bay here at 15. Um, so I kind of saw this. I feel as though if, you know, Tyree Wilson's going to be off the board, you know, Will Anderson's going to be off the board. These tackles, this big tackle run is going to probably happen. Um, that leaves me to believe uh, that it might be edge and no one's snap is off the board. That kind of makes me cry inside, to be honest. Um I literally think I asked Jake in our Google Doc. I said, do I want to have Buck? You did ask that. And 
you I think you replied with you do you, but you could also make it kind of like a realistic what you think they would do. Yep. So I kind of want a mix of all three, so to speak. Uh, I feel like this is the fun route. And I also feel like it's realistic because they just had him on a visit yesterday as we're recording this. Uh, a lot of Packers fans have some mixed opinions on this position. If it's going to be a day one or if you want to wait until day two, we're going to select a tight end. It's not Michael Mayer, but it is Darnell Washington. Uh, Green Bay loves their blocking tight ends. Obviously, you have Mercedes Lewis. You got Alan Lazard, who wasn't tight end, but you love him in the blocking game. Darnell Washington's a sixth offensive lineman, and he's an uber-athletic tight end that Green Bay is just going to probably fall in love with. Is it something that I would necessarily do? If I were them, I would probably like to wait until day two and take like a Tucker Craft. Um, I don't really know, but I think it would be like Jordan Love's best friend just to, you know, chuck it up because guess what? Darnell Washington's most likely going to come down with it. Safety net. Uh, obviously, if he's going to just, just throw it up to him, he'll be there. Great blocker. Obviously, we know that LaFleur loves that. So I feel and it's starting to gain some traction from what I've just been reading and hearing. So. Yeah, I think definitely been some things that have been conflicting. Obviously, Darnell Washington's there's a few things that they they had him in to potentially just iron out. Uh, they did do this with Devontae Wyatt last year. Uh, they did have Pickens in. Green Bay did talk to him. So it seems like a thing they're often doing with the Georgia guys. This would be very interesting. Uh, man, just just all I think of when I see this is like LaFer's running the freaking ball and no care in the world. Like we're going to just ram it down your throat with three tackles basically out on the field. Plus one of them can, you know, get above everybody in the red zone where they need to get better as well. So I, I think it's very fun and also, you know, an interesting scenario to, to talk about. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back uh, with the rest of the first round. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, back here, guys, with the second half of the mock draft. Washington Commanders on the clock at 16. They've really narrowed the scope, Mason. I feel like on what their pick is going to be. I, I do think Wiley coming in has really kind of solidified a lot of the offensive line. They've got a lot of moving pieces on there that they can kind of adjust whenever they want to in terms of where they want guys to play. So I think it's really narrowed to corner or wild card B. John Robinson at that pick. Okay. So we're going to go corner here. Joey Porter Jr. still available. I mean, a, a corner with that type of length, that type of disruption at the line of scrimmage is also is always welcomed into a secondary. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, when you look at he he's right away, this is this impact will be felt immediately. This isn't like a ah, St. Juice at the end of year two. He's going to he's going to really, you know, find the spark a little bit. It's like, no, nah, this is this is immediate. Uh, you know, physical presence as, as, you know, run defenders, a tackler in space. Like he really is a complete package, maybe outside of, you know, uh, converting some opportunities and interceptions, which we happen to just be talking about before we started. So quarter to Washington. Uh, Steelers at 17, kind of a interesting sight to see Joey Porter Jr. Go right before them. I feel like that could potentially be a potential landing spot just because of familiarity with his father and everything. Obviously, Pittsburgh, we talked about it so many times before. Offensive line help. They've got some Isaac Siamalo from Philadelphia, um, left guard. Um, we're not going to go that route just because um, we're going to take the corner, and it's going to be Cam Smith. I feel like he really uh, identifies with system well. Seems like getting Pat Pete over, you need somebody there at corner. I don't necessarily see Deontay Banks fitting into that system all that well. Um, secondary is a big piece of what they want to do. Patrick Pearson's there. Levi Wallace is fine, but I just feel like they could really, you know, amp up that secondary potential. Other areas that they could surprisingly surprisingly go could possibly be, you know, defensive line. Kim Hayward's getting up there in age. Travis Adams, former Packers, done all right. Potentially go there. No, they they spent a lot at linebacker with Holcomb and Landon Roberts coming in. I wouldn't be too surprised about that. But I just feel like Cam Smith is probably just the route they want to go. Yeah, like that one for sure. I, I just with as much offensive line that came off, I just don't think you force the issue with Jawan Jones this early. But you know, yeah. some people might have him higher than others. Uh, we'll see uh, on that tackle show that you've probably already listened to. Uh, Detroit, we were mentioning this guy at six. He is the pick at pick 18. Miles Murphy is here. Strong side defensive end. Here he is. Power, length, explosiveness. Production wasn't quite there at Clemson, but I do think that there is room to grow in that area. But ultimately, like this is the player you want to anchor down, have guys, you know, be scraping behind you, you know, to make plays in the run game. 
but also another player who on the edge can get after the quarterback a little bit. And you're going to have him and Hutchinson and, and, and Houston and guys like that getting after the quarterback in Detroit. So Tampa Bay here at 19, they're in a very, very peculiar spot. Um, obviously, they brought in Baker Mayfield to, from what it sounds like, that he was told compete with Kyle Trask, I think is what he was, he's told Rich Eisen uh, yesterday. Um, they've got some needs at secondary. Uh, Jamel Dean's still there. They got back Carlton Davis and everything. Potentially go there. D. Delaney's your nickel. That's fine. Safety, your starting strong safety right now is Nolan Turner. Um, not feeling too great there. Maybe that's a Brian Branch spot. Uh, offensive line, left tackle. You got Brandon Walton and Justin School there. So that's the route we're going to take here. Uh, Anton Harrison's the pick. Uh, we'll, we'll get into him. By now, you probably already heard the episode where we talk about Anton Harrison. Uh, I feel like he's a really good player. And obviously, like Tampa Bay needs help along that offensive line. I would not be necessarily too shocked if they move Tristan Wirfs over and this is a Dewan Jones spot, potentially. Um, I just felt like you don't want to, like we talked about earlier with Bakhtiari, you don't potentially want to move guys to where they're unfamiliar with. So I feel... Like Anton Harrison is probably going to be the selection here if he's still available, obviously on this big tackle run between nine and 19. It feels very reminiscent of the receiver run last yep. year's draft. It started right about then and it just, it just carried uh, through the teens. Seattle at 20. Let's have a good time. Shall we? I think this is actually something they would consider. How long will Tyler Lockett play for them? You have DK Metcalf in there for a while. How about Jackson Smith and Jigba to flank him when Lockett is done? And then for now, you keep JSN in the slot. You let him wreak havoc in there. You let him be the chain mover. You let him be the reliable middle field presence for Geno Smith. And man, just let that guy cook. He can do it. He wins in every phase of the game. Right now, he's just lacking explosiveness. He's not going to suddenly find it, but good enough to be a, a extremely strong number two uh, in an offense, a Z or a slot. In my opinion, some people have him pegged yeah. just to the slot. I think he plays Z. I've, you know, you there's limited reps against press, but they're good reps. So I think Seattle uh, hits a home run here while also making it very fun. So the Chargers here at, I mean, we don't know what to call it. So we're just going to call it the Chargers spot because thanks Dolphins. Uh, pick 21 in the actual pecking order for players. Um, I feel like they can go in kind of a lot of different directions here. We talked about in the last episode, well, two episodes ago from the time you're listening to this, uh, Trey Pipkins was retained, uh, potentially knocking out right tackle for them. So no Dewan Jones here. I feel like they could potentially go linebacker. Eric Eric Kendricks was brought in from Minnesota. They spent that first round around Kenneth Murray. It hasn't really worked out thus far. Don't feel like Telesco is going to potentially do that again. Uh, corner and like secondary in general, obviously JC Jackson got big money right now. Didn't perform the way that many thought he would. I feel like this could potentially be a Brian Branch selection, just about like everybody else in this kind of area. We're going to take the fun route, give Justin Herbert another weapon. Uh, Zay Flowers is the pick here. Uh, I know they like a lot bigger uh, receivers, but Zay Flowers adds that explosive element that, you know, Justin Herbert needs. Uh, so I feel like that's he can he's inside outside versatile. Uh, Keenan Allen's still there. You could 
Obviously, you still have Mike Williams as your big, you know, guy on the outside that you can just chuck it up to. Uh, I feel like they need another weapon here. They've got still got Gerald Everett, who is decent. They've kind of got a three-headed monster at tight end if they use him with Parham and McKitty plus Everett. So just getting another weapon and Zay Flowers, I honestly, I thought about taking him earlier, but Zay Flowers is the pick here. Yeah, I like that. I think he's the really the. You could go Johnston. He's probably the other really like true speedster that I'm like, ah, oh, they they need exactly what he provides them. Ravens on the clock. You know, it's it's very much like okay, who's really good? Who's still available? And like it 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 was tough. Every fiber of my being was like, you know, if Brzee's really good, like we potentially think he is. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest that the Ravens would pick him here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Deontay Banks though instead for now. They do need they do need help at corner. Uh feels very Ravensy. I don't know why. Some people are already talking about Banks as like, oh man, might be corner two in the class, potentially. I actually don't hate the take, which is why that perfectly sums up what yeah. the Ravens would do then. Yep. Banks is still available. Makes total sense. I don't think you have to really talk much else about the pick. Like, but you know, you're not going to sit and wait around for guys like Armor Davis or somebody to develop. Like, you feel yeah. like if you're keeping Lamar, you're winning now, and Banks will help you do that. So, Minnesota, uh, another team that could go in a variety of different ways. Their roster's kind of set up differently. They've uh, brought in Marcus Davenport as an edge rusher. They've continued to pour resources into their front four. Sometimes it hasn't really worked out. Obviously, Adam Thielen's gone as a receiver. It's potentially a possibility. Uh, corner, Deontay Banks just went off the board. There's a few more that you could potentially take. Obviously, you brought in Brian Mur- Byron Murphy. You've got Andrew Booth from last year's draft class. Uh, potentially taking Osiris Torrance here. Um, We went – I went the complete different route. Um, I've been – I don't know about you, Jake, but I've been seeing and hearing – a lot about Minnesota in this quarterback class. Uh, the odds for Minnesota landing Lamar Jackson is up there. I think they're either first or second to Baltimore for retaining Lamar. I think the other team in that is New England. Um, they've been digging around on this quarterback class. You know, Daniel Jeremiah had them taking head and hooker. And if Daniel Jeremiah says something is, you know, being said and that uh, the Vikings are doing a lot of homework, on this quarterback class, I'm going to believe it. And so this is the Will Levis spot. Um, Kirk Cousins only has this one last year on his contract. Not sure what they really want to do. Minnesota, I think we can both agree, kind of overachieved last year just because of all these one-score games. I don't I don't like it. I, I mean, I, I like it, but I don't love it. I just feel kind of indifferent about it. I don't know about, like, Minnesota fans. I feel like I talked to a few of my buddies that were Minnesota fans this morning. They said they would prefer Hedden Hooker just because he's got that one year of, you know, you know he has to rest, even though he has 25. Um, but I, Minnesota, just it feels weird. And we've seen this before. Yeah, this looks – yeah. I mean, you knew that, that for those who have been ver- paying – a lot of attention to this mock and like maybe jotting the picks down. You're like, where the heck is Will Levis at? I think he might've been in consideration at 19, but again, Anton yeah. Harrison being there might've been in consideration at 20. 
I just had way too much fun putting JSN there. It's fair. Eventually, he was going to come after, come off the board, and like honestly, like I was telling Mason before we were doing this, I'm like, this is like the spot. Like I don't see another yeah. spot for him. Like unless a team trades back up into the first round, yeah, just to get the fifth year. But like Minnesota, it's it just. It's like Green Bay the year they took Jordan Love. It just feels like something's different. Something's very eerie in Minnesota because I I do agree. It's 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 good for uh, Adolfo Mensa that the Vikings overachieved in year one. That's like good yes. good to see for them for their sake for O'Connell. Like this is like you know okay, we've got foundations. Are they building for the future? That's gonna be the most interesting part of this because yeah, like you said, like they they shedded a lot of contracts. You know they brought back Harrison Smith. But it just feels like they're they they didn't fully transition last year. They were like, ah, oh, let's see how it goes. And now they're like, all right, we got to transition. So they're bringing in more young talent. Like I, it wouldn't shock me if Levis fell here and was the selection. And he's been falling in these mock drafts yeah. too. Um, yeah. It seems like Richardson is pro- probably the guy for Indy. I mean, unless you know. Everything's just been fed the wrong way. You never know yeah. with, you know, Jim Ursay and his antics on Twitter and everything, what he says in the press conferences. You don't know if it's true or if he's just trying to stir up the media. You never know with Indy, which I think is a fun thing for them. I think they really need that and just to get the rookie. Um, but Minnesota, just this Levis slide, I think it stops here. I think that's going to be some interesting takes in that front office. But – some someone's got to take a look. Yeah, unless like Seattle and, and Detroit have both played this like masterfully well, one yeah. of them, and is like picking Levis in the top six. It seems like this fall is going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. The wild card is Tennessee for yeah. sure. I, I don't, don't feel like Las Vegas will do it just because Jimmy and if if they sign Jimmy oh. to that deal, like I felt like they were probably there, there's the reports that they were trying to trade up to one. Like, do they even yeah. want Levis? No, I, I think they wanted Stroud, and they, as soon as Carolina moved up to that yeah. spot, they were like, "Ah, we're not getting Stroud now. We're uh, we're gonna pivot," and yeah. they got out of there and was like, "All right, we're not. I don't." And I think McDaniel's too is probably see Stroud as like, "Okay, this dude can run my offense. I've seen what he can do. Like, I, I expect that." And he's like, "I don't, I don't want Levis running my offense. He probably doesn't even want Richardson running his offense, which is very fair. I think, yeah, make the argument that neither would particularly do well running his his offense his way." right away and and jimmy gives them that so yeah i i think they're out i i do i think they're out that i could be wrong but yeah tennessee feels like the wild card and then it's like oh we're actually slipping slipping like yeah quite a ways i think dj had him going to tampa bay right yes yeah so the outside top 16 looks looks very possible now for will levis very interesting landing spot in minnesota oh man that that happening on draft night would uh yeah boy that'd be fun um, getting getting JSN and the Vikings taking Levis is very 2020 reminiscent yeah. of Jefferson and love. Holy cow. Anyway, getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Jaguars here up now. I, there were a lot of things I could have done here. I think branch makes a ton of sense, which means they're probably not doing that. Um, <laughs> they took Walker over Hutchinson and Thibodeau. So I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Keely Ringo's big and fast. That also makes sense here. Uh, but very interesting monitoring the Josh Allen situation in Jacksonville. 
And that's what led to this Will McDonald selection. Clearly, there's rumblings, and, and DJ's made a few of them about Will McDonald potentially being a round one selection. It could be Kansas City at the end. Could be Philly. Uh, could be the Saints. I, none of those teams would shock me, but I do think Jacksonville, there's just losing Arden Key plus weird stuff around Josh Allen right now leads me to believe that they could definitely be in on edge whether it be right here or it's Ojolari in round two or something like that. But I do think Will McDonald with as long of arms as he has as good a pass rush repertoire as he has, like I think the Jaguars would love to add him to the room. So the giants here at 25, 26, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think we both kind of agree here. They did enough in this receiving room. Obviously Quinn Johnson's still available. Um, I feel like they could potentially try to get another linebacker opposite of Okereke. Jared Davis is there. Corners looking a little bit more rough than I honestly remembered. So maybe this is a killer Kaylee Ringo spot. Uh, we're going to attack the offensive line yet again. Uh, we're going to go center this time. And it's John Michael Schmitz. Uh, uh, we kind of, the NFL saw that Creed Humphrey was what, you know, we all thought he was, and he still slipped almost the third round. Um, so can't do that with John Michael Schmitz. I don't think uh, surprisingly, like, I mean, I, Jeremiah has the same position but he has Joe Tipman instead. So I feel like the NFL has really likes these three centers from, you know, the big 10, uh, Michael Schmitz, Tipman, and then Whipler. I feel like giants got to get out of here with either a center or just take Osiris Torrance and continue just to make this a strength. Cause you still got Daniel Jones. You still got Saquon keep building up this offensive line. Yeah. Especially if the giants are kind of, they, they took Jason out to dinner. They gave Jason a hat. Like if they lose out on the Jason sweepstakes, maybe they're just not, a, not on it uh, with the rest of the class. Uh, that is the case outside of Flowers and Smith and Jigba here. Uh, their division rival, on the other hand, up yeah. next, says, nah, we're, we're good. We're, we're in on the receivers. So we're in on the receivers. Uh, Jerry Jones and company are taking Quentin Johnston here. Yeah, I mean, there's... I think Quentin Johnson's, I think one of the most interesting and complicated evaluations of the entire process, just because I do think like I, I've kind of flipped back and forth on kind of like what he is right now versus what he can be, what's fixable, what's not, you know, I think there's so much that's fixable and he's such a rare athlete at his size uh, that I do think like having him as a deep threat, having him as a space player, like, you're going to have a lot of yak between him and CD lamb. I like that a lot. Uh, I know Brandon cooks is there, but I, I love the idea of having three receivers. If you don't believe in Gallup anymore, truthfully, like I feel pretty okay about this. Jerry Jones does not seem like the person who's like, ah, we got three receivers. That means no receiver. I feel like he'll still be yep. in on it. Like they're, they're still swinging. Like they swung Jalen Tobert last year. That seems like an L. Uh, yeah. We'll go right back to it. So Buffalo here at 28, uh, we're going to go right tackle Dewan Jones. I think this is a, probably the landing spot if he doesn't go to Pittsburgh. Um, I, I just feel like it's a great fit. You kind of have the already a Dewan Jones in Spencer Brown. Obviously, he didn't work out this year as well as he would have. they would have hoped. And he would have hoped, I'm guessing. He had a decent 2021, but it just didn't translate to this year. I think they potentially go the receiver route. Obviously, there's guys still on the board that we're going to talk about, hopefully, 
um, coming up that they could potentially take. They sounds like across the Twitterverse that this DeAndre Hopkins thing could potentially be an actual thing. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. He's followed Josh Allen and a bunch of, you know, Buffalo players. He's, you know, tweeting out songs with the name Buffalo in them and everything. So let's see how that goes. Uh, but I just like DeJuan Jones fit here and need to protect your franchise quarterback. Yeah, that could be a like, come on, trade me to Buffalo. Very much so, yeah. like, instead of, like, the deal is done. Oh, boy. Speaking of, and we're going to get to another team like this, but speaking of AFC teams getting, like, just markedly better and markedly more fun, uh, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals are going to land Bijan Robinson, and, and that's probably a name in the back of your mind. Like, oh, he hasn't gone yet either. Yeah, saving him for, for Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Mixon's situation, there's more going on there for sure. They lose Samaj P. Ryan. Boom. Yeah. Instant fix. All the tackles coming off made me feel like, all right, we're pivoting. Like, I, I wouldn't even hate the idea of a Darnell right here. Honestly, if like Lyle Collins feels better playing inside, like there have a lot of options on that offensive line right now, and I wouldn't hate any of that occurring. They could go Brian Branch here, and that wouldn't upset me either. But man, they they have fixed a lot of what the running game is in Cincinnati. Don't lose sight of the momentum. Don't get complacent. Get Bijan Robinson in here. Absolute good night uh, for opposing defenses in the AFC. We like to have fun here with these picks. I think okay. that's what what the general consensus is here. So gotta be New Orleans. I think is in a obviously rough position cap wise. Um, I like what honestly where they're at receiver wise. A lot of Michael Thomas if he comes back okay. Rashid Shahid, good, you know, number two guy, number three going to be this year. Obviously, you have Penning. Your offensive line seems fine. Um, potentially, if you, you – I mean, depending on the Kamara situation, maybe it's a sneaky Jameer Gibbs spot if you want to put him in the first round. Um, but their pass rush situation, they they love to, can like, add to this. So we're going to keep the uh, state boy home. We're going to take BJ Ojolari. Uh you know, Cam Jordan's not getting any younger. Uh, your number twos are Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner. I love Peyton Turner. He just hasn't really produced so far. Um, so I feel like New Orleans is really just going to go pass rush, if I had to guess right now. I wouldn't be too surprised if it's a guy that we didn't have in this first-round mock. They've added Kalen Saunders, Nathan Shepard. Maybe they want to take a Clash Cancy here, uh, who, spoiler alert, we didn't have in this first round. But I feel like New Orleans is is going to go front four. Yeah, I think there there are a lot of options too in the front four that they could be like. Oh yeah, that would make sense and like not bad an eye. Eagles at thirty. Oh man, I I wanted to take Jordan Addison here. <laughs> just yeah. to really, just to really force home the idea of like, yeah, we're addressing receiver three. I do think someone like. Uh, Brian Branch could be in play, but Howie Roseman just has not like prioritized it in the draft, like took Kayvon Wallace in the mid rounds. So I, I just don't think they'll be the team that, that makes the move instead. I do think that they are a team that's like Isaac Sayamalo, like he's gone. All right. Sounds good. Osiris Torrance season right here at, at, at 30. That feels very, very plausible. 
Uh, and we've got the Eagles staying trench heavy, which is something that very clearly they like to do. Yeah, and, and and Torrance, I think, is is really just solid in, in every facet. I think he was he he really just kind of like checked the box in mobile, has good quicks for zone, and, and has enough power to be a brick house in, in, in a pass protection. I think he does it all. He's not overly flashy at guard. He's not necessarily a Zion Johnson per se that we both like, but he's he's just really solid and I think is just a, a strong pick, I think, in the 30s. So rounding out the first round mock here, Kansas City, they could just talk about options here. And it seems like Kansas City is always this team along with Baltimore that can just take any of these guys that slip, any of these, you know, raw prospects that they can just turn into a monster. Uh, we thought, I kind of thought about like a Brian Branch, but for anybody in that secondary, but they seemed really confident in like Jalen Watson and Brian Cook and Sneed, Joshua Williams, Trent McDuffie. So I didn't want to go there. Um, edge, I think it's time for Karloftis to get going. I mean, maybe that front four could use some work. There's a lot of guys still on the board here. Cancy could work here. You never know. Obviously, right tackle, you don't know what that's going to be like with Lucas Niang and Darian Kennard there. Um, we're going to continue the fun here. You've got MVS, you got Kadarius Tony, you got Sky Moore, you got a lot of speed. Got, I mean, Amir Smith Marset's even there. Jake mentioned Jordan Addison for the Eagles. He's going to get off the board here for Kansas City. Just continue to feed Patrick Mahomes weapons because why not? I, I just love the idea that like Addison was here, Mayor was here, Kincaid was here, and it's like yeah. she's going to do whatever they want. Like Addison makes them still very small, which I do think is something yeah. to monitor. But like they have Kelsey and like MBS is still like. A, a pretty large catch radius player too. Oh, yeah. So it's not like they're completely like, you know, diminutive per se, but like Addison plus more plus Tony is like the, like the twitchy route running version of Hill and, and Hardman's speed. And that's a nightmare for like chain moving, like working underneath the roof of too high. That is just dangerous stuff. That is Real sicko hour stuff right there at the end of the first round that the Chiefs could definitely do. And, and Houston is livid at 33 that Addison oh, yeah. did not make it two more spots. Oh, yeah. So, uh, really quick to round this out, uh, we'll just talk about a few omissions. Uh, we mentioned probably, what, four of them at least that I wrote yeah. down here. Uh, only one tight end goes in the first, Mason. I'm going <laughs> to ask you first about this. Yeah, that Darnell Washington goes. Mayor and Kincaid. Both still on the board. What do we think yeah. about that? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm going to get attacked for that probably, and that's okay. That's what we understand. <laughs> um, probably, you know, my 1A and my 1B right now are Nolan Smith and JSN. Um, after today in the pro day, maybe JSN works his way into, you know, the Green Bay's threshold. Maybe he's the pick at 15. You never know. Uh, I feel like Goody has his guys. Maybe he's already got his guys set in stone. You never know. Um, but Washington is just – it's so much fun. And you could see him doing it. That's why I did it, just because it seems like it's a possibility. Maybe it's in the first round. Maybe it's in, like, a trade-up. If you do have these three second-round picks or whatever you want to call it, I feel like it's a good chance just because you need tight ends so bad. And I think that's kind of why I did it. Yeah. Any thoughts on, like, Mayer and Kincaid making it to this point? Do you see any spots for them that we could have like gone a different direction 
and taking any of these. Too. I thought about asking you if you thought about it for like Dallas or Cincy, just because Dallas, you never know if they want to have somebody else other than Ferguson. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati just lost Hayden Hurst to Carolina. Those are like my two main ones. Obviously, like Jacksonville is a possibility, but I felt like McDonald was a good spot there for them. I've for some reason Seattle just irks me with tight end, even though they have their three or whatever they want to call it. Just seems like they really uh, enjoy tight end. I don't see I mean, maybe Philadelphia or Kansas City do it just because why not? Yeah, but I wouldn't be too shocked necessarily if it's. You know, only one tight end, but after hearing all these draft insiders saying, oh, there's going to be three in the first round, not so sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, like, people are saying there's going to be three in the first round, and then there's others that are like, ah, the tight end class is good, and it's very good, but it's like teams will now wait because it is good, and we have the situation of players falling out of the first. That could be possible. I think uh, everything is very clear to me after the fact. I think... It's very possible the Cowboys do the Bijan thing at twenty at twenty six, and then the Bengals yeah. do the tight end thing at twenty eight. That could have easily been flip flopped in our in our mock, and then Quentin Johnson could have been a chief. Is that what you really want? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what you really want. Uh, anybody can get most out of Johnson. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Mayor Kincaid. I do think it, it's very possible that like that. It, it, we'll see if you agree with this, Mason. That teams are like very much in on the. Kincaid Washington Musgrave thing and like Mayor yes. just slips to the second round because he's not flashy. Yeah, I feel like that's certainly a possibility just because you like it's kind of like a thing that we talked about with like Creed Humphrey earlier. Like you know he's good, but he doesn't have this like flashy, you know, athleticism and all that to him. So I feel like it's certainly a possibility at this point because you've seen it before. Yeah, that's the perfect thing, right? Like we know Mayor's good. And like first round tight ends disappoint, and like the league's like, ah, oh, we can't let Mayor disappoint. Let's just let him drop there to, to round two. Uh, a couple others. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily like egregious anymore. Brian Branch, Brian Brzee, both out of the first round. To me, that doesn't feel egregious, just based on like what the draft process has showed us. Now Brzee tested really well. So that was yeah. a huge check mark and a huge hurdle for him to clear. But like, I don't know, Mason. Do you feel like that's where this is where we're at with these two guys at the moment? Yeah, I feel. Uh, I mean, Brian Branch, just the you know the issues with the combine. I mean, the safety classes, the whole seemed like it sh- they struggled at the combine and everything. And obviously, we talked about the whole ten yard versus forty thing and how that didn't really necessarily make sense. But I feel like it's certainly a possibility just because like safety has just been like underappreciated these last few drafts and everything that there hasn't really been a first round prospect. Obviously there was three last year, but felt like that class was a lot better than this year. Um, And we had to get two more within the last like four picks to make that those three safeties go. So could definitely see it. Yeah. It just ultimately like do teams actually view him as playing safety? Are they going to pigeonhole him in the slot? Like Jacksonville would probably be playing him in the slot. Like, I think Buffalo was the landing spot for a while where it's like, oh, okay, they're not bringing Poyer back. Like, oh, they can play Brand- let Brands play split safety, and then they brought back Poyer. Yeah. So, like, that came off the board immediately. It's like, eh, Philly, but they don't normally do that. Right? Kansas City did lose Thornhill, but they've got two guys. Yeah. They want the third guy. They could. That's the wild card at this point. 
Um, in terms of like Brzee, I just feel like medicals are going to turn yeah. teams away. You know, what kind of defensive tackle is he? You know, is he more of the finesse, just pass rushing type, or is he going to you know stack you up and and not let you you know move him off the ball like he did kind of often a lot, just because he's bigger and taller and it's 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 harder for him to stay low. Uh, yeah. any of these three guys that you think are going to sneak in here and maybe what team really quick to kind of close it. So Keon white, obviously DJ ranked him very highly. Haven't forgotten about that during senior bowl yeah. week. Kalijah can of course, and Ade Tommy, Wa who has really been know, top gun. Yeah. If you want to call him that of this draft class of the draft process. Um, do we think, and, and maybe I think there's one team that you're probably going to bring up for pretty much all of them. Yeah. So I do, and I do think we can talk about that. But like, yeah, any any thoughts on you know could all of them get in here? Do you just see maybe one of the three? What are the thoughts on those last guys? I I think I could potentially see two, just in case like New Orleans wants to go the Cancy route or something, and then one of these final two teams just go Adebore. Um, I feel like Cancy's more probable than the other two. I didn't see. I mean, there was the. I haven't necessarily seen as much Keon White hype as there once was a few weeks ago. So I feel like that's kind of dropped off a little bit. Obviously, Adeboire just skyrocketing. I think that might be like a early round two guy, but Cansey is the one that really sticks out for me. Like those final three picks, maybe even like a Jacksonville at this point. Yeah. I, I the, the Philly thing is very dependent on what they do initially. Because if they're yeah. getting Carter or if they're getting like Van yeah. Ness, maybe Van Ness still leaves the door open a little bit more for you. But if they get Carter, yeah, then it just feels like, ah, there's just so much redundancy unless you're like specifically asking them. Like maybe you just doubling up with like Cansey and Carter is very weird and very not Philly of them to do. But I agree. I think the Saints are the team that it's like, ah, they could take any of those three and it wouldn't surprise me really at all. Uh, the Chiefs taking Adebowore to pair with with Jones would be a lot of fun. But if they believe Keon White plays inside, maybe as, as well. Mozzie Smith, I think the one other name that I could have, yeah. I thought a lot about that with Dallas at twenty at twenty six, just because I've done that before in a mock draft. Like that's what they need. Uh, Mason, anybody else that you're like, ah, could potentially sneak in that we left off or that I left off making that list during the second half of this pod. I mean, potentially like a Jameer Gibbs. I feel like Philly and Kansas City are the ones that really stick out to me. Um, outside of that, maybe a Ringo, but we talked about him a few times here and there throughout the later portion. Obviously, he's seen quite a large fall throughout this draft process uh, after once being like a top 10, top 15 pick. Um, obviously, the linebackers – you got teams like Giants, maybe like Buffalo. Um, yeah, they, they could potentially use one of those two linebackers, Philadelphia as well, but they don't like to take linebackers or safeties early. So, like, those teams got to stick out like those players. Outside of that, not really. Yeah, I'm trying. I was like trying to go through every position. It's like, unless, like, you know, you mentioned it with the Giants, like flipping Tippin and Schmitz, like, that makes yeah. sense. Unless Jalen Hyatt is sneaking his yeah. way in, that's I, probably I, the only other name. Maybe Musgrave, but I feel like that's even cooled off. Yeah, 
So I I thought about Hyatt a time or two, specifically for like the Chargers. Um, that's kind of where I thought about it. I know you mentioned him for Kansas City. You asked about him at the end yeah. too. It was like, could I do yeah. that? I don't know. It just feels like there was like such a long time where he was potentially like top 20 pick. And I was like, please don't mention the Packers. And it was mentioned like constantly. And then 40 happening. It wasn't as good, but obviously you see him just blow by people on tape. So you you never know. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to land in the middle with the discourse. Cause there's like guys, obviously Zerline has him as his top ranked receiver in this class. And there are others who are like, yeah, I wouldn't even touch him in the top like 10 receivers in the class. I'm like, yeah. I don't know about that. I feel like I'm in the middle, but like, the one thing that really sent me today is I don't remember who said it, but someone was like, imagine Packers Twitter when JSN's yeah, available saw, at 15 and I they pick Jalen Hyatt. I was like, yeah. we, we, we will not be entertaining this energy right now. I will not do it. Correct. Get that crap out of my timeline. No. Uh, but yeah, Packers to finish up, like, I think Murphy is somebody like we picked a yeah. few picks later that. Would not shock me one bit. No. And it's, you always kind of get like that. You like, you're like, huh, why'd they do that? And then you like, look more into it and you're like, okay, that makes more sense. Especially with like Devontae Wyatt last year. Um, obviously, Quay Walker was kind of just a massive surprise at the time. Made a little bit more sense as time went on, but just feel like Green Bay. I, I, if, if the tag start going off the board and like Nolan Smith isn't there, I'm all for trading down. Yeah, I think the trade down makes sense. I, I do think I think they're in on Wright. Yeah. Uh, and I do think they're in on Jones and, and Johnson for sure. Uh maybe Harrison, but I do feel like those yeah. are probably their three. And then we mentioned, you know, Van Ness, Smith, Murphy. It just feels like trenches is the way. Yeah. But if they trade down, so that's gonna do it. Uh for the mock draft Monday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Mason want a quick plug here before we get out of here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Thompson22Mason. You can follow me at Jake NFL Draft. We'll be back on Friday, uh, this coming Friday, with, I believe, another positional um, preview. We'll figure out which one. But until then, enjoy your Monday, and uh, happy draft.